Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. <laughs> Breathe deep, this is the intro. <laughs> Welcome in to Libservative. He's Corey Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin. And you're here for Bourbon Banter 4.0 as we prepare for... Season number two, one day I'll get moved into my new house and we'll actually get to dig into some stuff that matters instead of talking about the same old shit every week, need to week, get Corey. those squatters out of the house, Dan. They're smearing shit all over the walls. <laughs> well, we kicked them out a while ago. It was an old guy with COPD. It was really brutal. <laughs> the physicality part was pretty easy, but... <laughs> and take your oxygen tank with you, old man. <laughs> Corey and I are here today... Uh, and we, uh, what are you drinking today, Corey? I'm, uh, back on the Basil Hayden's kick. You know, I had a little bit left in the bottle. I wanted to, uh, tap it out before I hopped into something new. I'm still on that ever, that ever never ending, uh, search to get some Eagle Rare. It's not even like the greatest whiskey out there. It's just at this point, it's just like, what the fuck? Like I need to get a hold of some. It's a total novelty and it's, I'm funny. You men- it's funny you mentioned that cause that's what I'm drinking today. I'm being a little boring. Show off. I've got. I feel, <laughs> I feel, and I'm drinking it out of like a, like a nice snifter too. Look at this. I know. Like I'm, I'm being real classy today. I, I just, I didn't have time to pick up a new bottle. You think they so do I'm it like, on purpose oh. just to stick to their name? Oh, well, it's Eagle Rare. You're just not going to find it anywhere. No, the way I understand it is just, there's an allocation issue. It's just like a lot of other things that are going on around the country. A lot of shortages, labor shortages and what have you. Cause this stuff wasn't that hard to find uh, prior to COVID. So I don't know. I'm able to get it because I got connections. Yeah, some bitch. You were just in Tennessee, weren't you? You probably could have found some there. Probably, but I was too busy <laughs> drinking other bourbons and running around Nashville listening to country music because that's uh, one of my guilty pleasures. Why is it a guilty pleasure? Uh, well, it's not a guilty pleasure, I guess. But uh, see, I so it's something I'm very opinionated on <laughs> is the state of the country music right now. And how it's just being bastardized with some fake, phony-ass snap track music. And I could fill up a whole episode bitching about that shit. And it's, uh, so it's like, when I, when I listen to country, when I, when someone says you want to listen to country, it's like, yeah, let's listen to some country. Let's listen to some, like, you know, Ernest Tubb. Well, actually, yeah, well, like, Buck Owens. Sorry, that's uh, that's the name I was looking for. Like, Buck Owens, you know, uh, Merle Haggard. You know, that type of genre music, not this fucking shit we have now with Florida Georgia Lion, those those douchebags. <laughs> You're not a big fan of Luke Bryan, I take it. No. Well, so he had his his album, uh, what is it, Tailgates? It's, some, it's Tailgates and something. But he had a couple good songs on there. And then he just sold out to making like this pop music stuff him and even like jason aldean like he doesn't even write his own music and people are like well he's got good music yeah he's a good singer but he's not writing his own shit he's not a sturgill simpson the tiled childers a coulter wall or benjamin uh oh no i forgot his name uh lost dog street band i forget the guy benjamin todd that's his name i mean i won't lie i do like some of the collabs that uh, Jason Aldean has done. Like, with, with Ludacris? 
No, dude, it, it, it was actually like you can you can make fun of it, but it's like a banger, right? Like like the uh, like the Lil Nas X song, right, with Billy Ray. It's kind of stupid, but it's definitely a banger, man. I mean, you get you get hammered with your friends, you dance around. It's fun to listen to. Yeah, and I guess that's it's how pompous and uh, the purity test you want to give it, because even Billy Ray Cyrus, like that song, "Don't Break My Heart," achy breaky heart, like. Yeah. Well, those lyrics is, yeah. <laughs> those lyrics let me tell you that's like something i hear playing on uh the songs for kids tracks that my son listens to like about monster speaking trucks of, speaking of country music this will make you laugh your ass off i don't know why but i had for like two straight weeks i don't know why i didn't tell you this before for like two straight weeks for some reason I had Dwight Yoakam's "Fast as You" stuck in my stuck. Dwight Yoakam's a good fucking. <laughs> that's see, that's good country. Dwight Yoakam is good country. Well, the Dwight Yoakam band. He, he also made uh, one of the greatest movies of all time with Billy Bob Thornton. Which movie was that? That was uh, uh, the one where he kills. What, what what movie am I thinking of? The the movie where he kills him. I don't think I've seen it. Yes, you have. I had to. It's have. a very famous film. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this part out because people are gonna think we're fucking stupid. Uh, I love when we say we're gonna edit this part out and then we don't. <laughs> That's always my favorite. No, it's, part. it's like it's it's like it's like one of those obvious things. That for some reason, I can't remember mm, French fried taters. Okay, I know what movie you're talking about. Like he's just a boy. <laughs> Why can't we think of this? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, but I know what movie you're talking about. So it is a famous movie. You shouldn't be doing. You shouldn't be knowing all that stuff. You're just a boy. <laughs> why? Why can't I think of the name of this fucking movie? I don't know. Very, very. He's just a sling boy. blade for fuck's sake. Sling blade. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody was just yelling into their fucking <laughs> sling blade. By the way, you haven't seen Sling Blade, by the way. I haven't. Oh man. I know. I'm sorry. You need to watch it tonight. <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe that's what I'll watch when we're done. Is it? I'll have to Google uh, what it's available on. 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't believe you. Wait, wait. Audience movie. or critic? Uh, That is. That, I believe that's the critic score, but generally the critic score. Is like the shitty is one. It's the one you can't go by. Yeah. But I could believe it's 96%, so let's see. I just uh, heard Thunder. Did you hear it? Oh, you mean we're going to get hammered with more rain again? More rain. I don't know if anybody knows this, but uh, the Detroit area has the absolute worst power company in America. Yeah, we're not doing so well. Well, I mean, Texas has got us beat, but so <laughs> actually, <laughs> it's like California's got us beat too. Our 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 fucking our electrical grid didn't <laughs> light millions of fucking square acreage on fire. Audience score on Sling Blade ninety two percent, ninety two percent. So then, yeah, it's something oh. to watch. Very, very. But yeah, close. we're uh, we're, we've been getting hammered a lot of rain here. Thirty four days, I think it was, are the last so many days that are like above ninety degrees. Like this is in Arizona, it's Michigan, and it's just fucking hammered with the heat. Hammered with the heat, hammered with the rain. Everybody says, "Oh, Michigan's going to be a great place to live when global warming takes over." It still but, will uh, be. I'd rather be here the, than like yeah. You know, we can uh, got all that water as long as Nestle I, doesn't steal it. I, I, <laughs> I, did, I, did, I didn't look it up, but the, did you see the new study that came out uh, about how basically the entire Middle East is going to be uninhabitable in the next 30 years? Do you think that's why we left? 
Like, well, yes, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about more about Afghanistan today, mostly because I really want to know how long it's gonna take for everybody to forget about it. Yeah, because. yeah, I think we've really we really hammered down on that. A lot of the stuff we said is like just kind of coming to fruition more when it comes to talking about like how the propaganda just against it. Like it blows my mind. Like you have to like actually sit and think about it and not just read headlines when everyone is like, "Oh my God, Joe Biden botched this." And when I mentioned in the previous episode how he, I think he, him, and Trump were both lied to, and I thought about that more. And like I think and Obama more, and Bush, I think there's more evidence of that happening based on the fact that everyone's like, "Oh my God, there's eighteen thousand Americans just all over Afghanistan. They're trying to get out now. And it's like, well, what the fuck were they doing? We know we were leaving for the past year. The only reason they would still be out there is because they also thought that the Af- or that the Taliban wouldn't be able to take over that country for another couple months. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, no, so totally we, sense. We, we were all bamboozled. We were lied to. $6.4 trillion over, between Iraq and Afghanistan that were just, just pissed away, dude. But, but, car? The buck stops with the president. Yeah, I, you know what? I give him credit for saying that. But I don't <laughs> want people start... to think this is some Biden love tirade. But if they listen to this episode, the last episode, it makes it sound like we actually like Biden, but we fucking don't. <laughs> he just no. he just actually did something right. But that's because that's what people do. If you if you agree with one little thing, you're you're all of a sudden you're on that team. You're on that. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta pick a side. It's like what? How much small brain thinking do you actually have to have to just when someone goes, "I don't like Trump," and then they go, "Oh, so you like Biden?" It's like, what the fuck does that? No, those are two separate things. I don't fucking like Biden. Or why? Why can't it just be like? Why can't you just admit like you just don't know that much? You know, like I don't claim to know a lot about the game of cricket. I don't. I don't like watch one cricket match and go, "Okay, I know everything about this sport now." <laughs> I don't know how it's scored. I just know that like every final score is like 160 to four. I don't know how the hell that's fun. To is watch. that really what it is usually? Yeah, but my my buddy's Indian and and uh, uh, cricket's really popular in it's, India. It's Native American, Dan. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> oh, kidding. I get it. I get it. You were you were being one of those small brain assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, actually, we call them indigenous people. <laughs> yeah, he explained it to me. He's like, "Yeah, one side bats, and then the other side bats, and then the game's over." Oh, sounds fun. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is fun to watch. I know that there's three posts. I saw people playing it yeah, in the park can... once. It's like rugby. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> rugby, I understand a little bit more. You can't pass the ball forward, and you have to get the ball over the line. They just run it or kick it. But what I don't get is like, post. if you get tackled in rugby, you just line up again. You like or. I, I don't fucking know. I'm not even yeah, think, of, think of a combination of American football and soccer. That's basically what rugby is. That's right, because they can kick it forward. Yeah. Oh yeah. They can't throw it forward. Correct. And the ball looks like a game. looks like a football with a giant tumor. <laughs> and they're huge. Have you seen one of those rugby balls? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're like the <laughs> they're like the size of Glenn Beck's head. <laughs> does, <laughs> does Glenn Beck have a big lopsided head? Does he have a tumor? <laughs> I mean, he feels I mean, he, he just—he's just a big-headed person. If you—if you see where I'm going with that, I'm about to look up Glenn Beck's <laughs> head real quick. 
It's probably not that big. It's probably a, it's probably an average size melon. Jesus, Murphy, Jesus, Christos. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that big. <clears throat> this picture I have though, he looks like he. Uh, so this picture that I see of him right now, he's got this weird smug look on his face. He's standing in front of the Capitol. The look he has on his face looks like he just took a shit in one of the bathrooms that didn't flush. And then walked out like he got away with committing a crime. And this is me. Feel, this is me not really knowing much about Glenn Beck. Not exactly. I feel. I feel like what, you saying that. I feel like that's like what one of the Q-tards did the day that they broke into the Capitol. Like somebody just took a dump in Nancy Pelosi's like private bathroom and really thought they did something. Yeah, I gave. <laughs> I gave Nancy Pelosi an upper decker. What did you do on January sixth? <laughs> Actually, we can jump into that real quick because I just before we get into the real stuff, because I finally just finished that uh, that QAnon documentary on HBO. I finally finished it. I'd started it a long time ago and just kind of got away with it. I watched like the final four episodes over the last few days, and the whole thing about that documentary is it's it's got a left lean to it. You can understand why, right? They're trying to expose Q and why well, QAnon is bad. You can be a a evangelical conservative who doesn't believe in Q and you can oh, sound like a leftist when it comes to talking about Q. <laughs> but the whole point of the movie at the end kind of seemed like unfettered free speech is dangerous or, or not necessarily, they don't necessarily give that off, but it's like, Hey, you know, we love the first amendment, but when you have unfettered free speech, like bad things can happen. Like this is what can happen. And my thought on that was, Something that I don't think enough people are talking about, which is, is it the free speech that's dangerous or is it the anonymity that's dangerous? You see, and I, that's a really good point that you bring up because I, when you when you say that, it actually it kind of gives me a little light bulb. You know, it's like, you know what? You might be right. Everyone likes to have someone to blame. Everyone likes to point a finger at whatever it is. And when someone is spouting off wacky ass shit and we don't have someone to yell at and say, shut the fuck up. Everyone freaks out. Yeah, it's to me, it's like if everybody knew who the hell Q was, right? Like you could call that person out. You could be like, well, this person also believes these crazy things, and this person does this, and this person We'd be doesn't able to create like a, have, yeah, like a, this person doesn't actually have Q level access or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> does that it's even a some, thing? I don't know. It's just it, clearly that was my takeaway. I, I think. The anonymity is the bigger problem. We've talked about this before on the show. The fact that you can just start a burner Twitter account and say whatever the hell you want with no consequences. Like people like to people like to pretend that like, well, what you say has consequences, and that's absolutely true. And that's what keeps people from from saying crazy things most of the time. And when they do, they're held accountable for it. But when you're able to say those things under complete anonymity, you don't have to be held accountable for it. So you can say whatever from you want. the court want. of public opinion. Absolutely. So to me, instead of maybe attacking the First Amendment, which, and I don't think Corey and I have, either of us have ever said that somehow like unfettered free speech somehow, like it can't be dangerous. Like we know that it can. It can be, but it can a, be quelled with unfettered free speech. Exactly. When you put a like tool you, you, against, when you put a blockage for someone saying one thing, ultimately it's going to affect the other person. Look at what the filibuster's done. Look what the gag rule has done. 
Every time that we do this sort of restriction on one thing, it always comes and bites us in the ass. So the gag rule was originally made, like, just for perspective, you know, since we're talking about this. The gag rule was originally made in the 1860s to basically just shut someone down when they tried to take the floor in the House, you know, to uh, talk about slavery. The majority can just vote to tell, like, oh, nope, we're going to shut them up. They're not allowed to talk. And then the Democrats are the one who made it. But then in 2016, was it 2017? You remember when Elizabeth Warren got gag ruled by the Republicans? Vaguely. It was, uh, there was so maybe. much shit going on that it was almost something that you don't even remember. But Elizabeth Warren got gag ruled. They voted and said she wasn't allowed to talk about, I think it was the tax plan? I might be off on that. But yeah, no, they straight up gag ruled her. And it was a Democrat getting gag ruled by the Republicans. And it's just when the chickens come home to roost. And so it's like every time, anytime we put a restriction on anything on something like that, it's always going to bite us in the ass. And so I think that what you're talking about, I think that is like the root kind of fear of this whole thing of the anonymity, anonymity, I've been practicing that word, of of people saying whatever the hell they want with no accountability for it is more of an issue of people being able to say something because of the fact that if there is a Nazi in the middle of the street saying shit, it's probably going to get his ass beat because we can see him. Elizabeth Warren was censured for, uh, by straight party vote for violating an arcane Senate rule against impinging, impinging, impugning. I don't know what the hell that word is. The character of a colleague. So the gag ruled her. Yeah, so basically she must have said something shitty about another senator and they gag ruled her ass. Which, you know, she's pretty articulate and pretty uh, calculated in what she says. It was probably just something that hit too close to home. Yeah. It was probably something because, yeah, like the only time she ever did anything where it was like, wait, what the hell's going on? I just remember when her and Biden, remember when she uh, tried to accuse Bernie of being a misogynist? Even though she took all of her policies from her <laughs> And they were friends. <laughs> Do you remember that whole scene on the debate floor? What a shit show. Remember yeah, she walked man. up and she's like, I think you lied. And Bernie's like, what, you going to do this here? You want to do this here? <laughs> We're not doing this here, okay? <laughs> he just walked away from her. See, it's really funny. When you try to do a Trump impression, you sound like Bernie Sanders. And then when you try to do a Bernie Sanders impression, you sound like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Adrian! <laughs> I just, whenever I think of Rocky Balboa, I, I just picture that speech he's given to his kid, and he's like, you fit in the palm of my hand. See, now now I just went straight Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't get them right. I can't. <laughs> Some people can't remember faces. They can't remember voices. Think- but that's something, we'd like to, well, that's something we'd like to hear from the people about, I think, Corey. You know, get at us on Twitter, uh, at Libservative, it's Libservative Pod, right? Yep. I don't even know my own at fucking Libservative Twitter Pod. And uh, uh, same on Instagram, correct? Yeah. Instagram and, and uh, Twitter are the same. It's Libservative Pod. Or LibservativePod at gmail.com. As far as uh, the, if you've seen the QAnon documentary or just your opinion on QAnon, do you think they have the right to say what they want to say? And what do you think is more dangerous? Is it unfettered free speech or is it the anonymity behind that free speech? We'd like to hear from you. I hope that more people realize it is the anonym- anonymity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking word. Because... If people know who you are, I don't. I don't care how brazen you are. If people know who you are, you're gonna think about what you're saying. They have a face. A little bit yeah, more. they have a face they want to punch. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, like when you see people yeah. say things like like Charlie Kirk, he's got such a punchable face. <laughs> and I'm not. This isn't full disclaimer. I'm not gonna go and stand out in front of his house and get caught on his ring camera, like standing out there yelling out his name, trying to fight him or anything like that. I'm not, <laughs> this isn't hate speech or any sort of. <laughs> yeah. I think the FBI is at your door, Corey Walsh. <laughs> Whoa, you just hear like a fumble and then just Corey Walsh hanged up from Riverside Studio. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Yeah, that's that's it for Libservative. This is the wrap up of our show. <laughs> uh, we got to talk about uh, we've dubbed our narrative segment where we choose a narrative. Corey and I have decided to dub that our red pill, blue pill segment. And we're going with. A big deal that just broke in the last uh, couple of days, I think. Was it two uh, days ago? Or was no, it just, I, think I don't know. It might have been yesterday. By the time you listen, it doesn't matter. Today's Tuesday. It was it's yesterday. Been, One day it's been ago. very recent. Uh, the Pfizer vaccine gains FDA approval. The narratives are as such. Liberal narrative is, well, all you anti-vaxxers now have no excuse. You have to go get the vaccine because you were waiting for FDA approval. The conservative narrative is, so what? The FDA approves poisons all the time. <laughs> or, I actually have two narratives for the conservatives. There's that one, and there's also, this will be used as an excuse to push vaccine mandates. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you where I'm going first if you'd like. Corey. Go ahead. I am going with the I'm going with one of the conservative narratives on this one. One of them is complete horseshit, which is so what the FDA approves poisons all the time. I'm going to take that one and throw that one in. The well, comments. there's <laughs> There's a little bit of uh weight to that actually. You know, have you ever heard no, of thalidomide? Or thalidomide? No, Tuskegee Airman experiment. I understand the point and i understand that it's not false but i also but I, I also have a rebuttal to that but go ahead okay the reason i'm not going with that one is because i i don't think it's a valid reason right now given that we have enough data to know that this vaccine is not killing people at least in the short term yeah, dan do you know how many doses have been given out by now i don't five billion worldwide how many have died from it <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm just asking. I mean, and, well, and yeah, that's the thing too. Is I could even go like you want to play like if we want to get into the tit for tat type thing that people get in arguments on Facebook, or whatever. I think the adverse effects are like point zero 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 one something or something like that, to where it's almost the same thing of like at this point the death rate for COVID, the same exact fuck. It's almost like identical in the uh, percentage of the people that are like. Oh, COVID or 99.99% chance of surviving. I don't understand why we're closing everything down. And it's like, guess what? It's also 99.9999% chance that you'll be fine if you get the vaccine. Why yeah, is the statistic that... one good for one thing but not the other? Well, and then, well, no, and then people will come back with, or the people that are against the vaccine will come back with, well, we don't know what the future effects are. And my rebuttal is, well, we don't know what the future effects are of COVID either. Yeah, because people... You know that... Do you, do you know for sure that it doesn't lie dormant in your system and comes back like like shingles does when you get sh chicken pox or you know a, a, a various uh, a sexually transmitted diseases like, like these, herpes? These arguments, herpes never goes away. 
these arguments are just they don't they don't add up and that's why I'm not I'm not going with that narrative but I am going with the other conservative narrative is this will be used as an excuse to push vaccine mandates and we have already kind of seen that you had Joe Biden come out right after uh, f- uh, the Pfizer vaccine gained FDA approval and basically urged private businesses to mandate the vaccine. And while I am vaccinated, while I happen to trust the vaccine, I seem to be okay. I After my second dose, I was put on my ass for about 18 hours. I'm not going to lie. It actually did suck quite a bit. Uh, but I don't agree with vaccine mandates, whether they are direct, like if the federal government decided to come out and say, you have to get vac- vaccinated or else, like that that one's the obvious one that no, that I don't want. And I think any thinking person doesn't really want, but even like this sneaky, uh, okay, private businesses, it's got FDA approval. So now you can mandate it thing it's like you know like wink wink yeah see i'm even okay Uh, with that as long as it doesn't go past that i don't want to see mandates you know like it's it goes to the age-old thing of freedom versus security and that you can't have both you know and like when you try to fight for security you lose your freedoms and there there is still risk even if it is point zero 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 you know, one, I think if I keep adding a zero every single time, there's still a risk there. People are still having adverse effects. And we can't just give this blanket statement of telling everybody to get it because every single person's genetics and DNA is a like 100% different. We're all completely different. I can't take your blood. You know what I mean? And so, like, like we have different blood types, different body types. And so me not being an epidemiologist or a virologist or anything like that, I think that every single person individually has to be looked at at a case-by-case thing with their personal doctor, and they have to talk to their personal doctor about what would be best for them. I don't think that there needs to be just all of a sudden this thing go, everybody has to get it. Because then we probably will see a lot of deaths, and then you know what? All these people who are crazy about it are going, see, told you so. Like, for example, uh-uh. peanut butter. Peanut butter is like, safe for everyone, but there's still a couple people that can't have it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Now, do you do you think I'll ask your opinion on this then, Corey? Uh, do you think it's acceptable for a private business to mandate that all their employees and we'll even say all their patrons, you know, say maybe you own a, a restaurant chain of some kind, has to be vaccinated or you can't work here and you can't you can't come into our our business? Yes, I think that's okay as long as those people that leave can still collect unemployment. And here's why I say that. Ah, I say that because see. here's the sticking point. That's an interesting caveat. <laughs> 60% of people in Americans, was it 60% or 70% live paycheck to paycheck? You're literally holding them over a barrel going, listen, we're literally just going to make you lose everything or you get this vaccine. And some people like don't want the vaccine like based on religious grounds or anything like that. Those are warranted reasons that people don't want this stuff. Did you hear that? Oh, I heard it. Did you hear that? I heard the thunder. I heard the thunder. It's the apocalypse again here in Detroit. Going to head on down to the Clinton River and do some kayaking. That little stream turns into rapids after a big heavy rainstorm. We'll, we'll just let the people know now that if this uh, episode randomly cuts off, it's probably because bar- either Corey or I lost power. Or I just left and went <laughs> kayaking. <laughs> 
Dude, it really does. The Clinton River turns into a, a, a fucking rapids after a good heavy rainstorm, and I love it. But uh, anyways, so back to unemployment and mandates for the vaccine. So people have warranted reasons, even if it's a personal issue. Like, And that's the problem that we see in America when we try to create this sort of broad brushstroke, monolithic idea of all of Americans together. We're taking people's individuality and taking that away from the equation. And if and if somebody like somebody doesn't want the vaccine based on any sort of personal issue, they shouldn't be able to get it. And now, let's say someone worked at a place for f- a, a year or whatever, and they're doing good there, and then all of a sudden their boss throws a whole wrench in the gears and goes, uh, "You need this vaccine, or or you can't work here anymore." It's damn near the sim- the same thing as that your boss coming up to you and going, hey, I know you like working days, but you have to work nights now. And you know what I mean? Corey, that's I, – I don't even necessarily disagree with you, but I will say this. That's not very libertarian of you, Corey. Oh, well, you know, I have <laughs> I have this convoluted ideology of all three of the branches or all the three of the little parties mixed together. And, uh, I mean, it's libertarian of me for me to say that a person – a, a, a private business can absolutely mandate vaccines at their place. Yes, but if that's you're gonna, libertarian for but sure. But if you're going to pull the rug out from somebody and tell them that they have to get this vaccine and you're going to say, fuck your individuality and your personal life choices and tell them that they have to do this and give them an ultimatum, there should be a safety net for that person because they are following the same exact ideology as the person who owns the business. They're saying, no, my body, my choice. Okay, the left. There they go. That's that's some leftists. <laughs> that's some leftists right that there. Is. And yeah. so, it's. I think that, and that's going to be the problem, though. It's going to fall under willful misconduct, and then people are going to get fucked. Now you're going to get these people who are like, "Well, I don't know because I have weird reactions to all of this stuff, and I don't want this mandated vaccine." So I guess, I guess maybe, you could get a. A medical, like uh, not a disclaimer, but like a uh, like a like a bypass of sorts, uh, to um, be able to go to your job and be like, "Well, look, I'm not getting it. I talked to my doctor. This is what we say." Because then all of a sudden, now you're now it's almost considered disability. So now we're going to be going to the Disabilities Act. And if someone goes, "I can't get this vaccine because of this," and your boss is, "What's your boss going to do?" Okay, I'm firing you, and then they get fucking sued. It's a real sticky yeah. situation. And, yeah, I mean, I'm with you uh, as far as a private business mandating it is okay. Everything you just said, I'm, I'm actually pretty much in agreement with. I, I think you should be able to get some sort of, uh, you know, uh, medical exemption. That's the word I was looking you know, for, exemption. Medical. But that is going to have to be mandated by either the federal government, which nobody trusts, or individual state governments, and you're going to have states that are going to do a better job with that than others. And honestly, I got to tell you, based on the way this whole COVID situation is gone, I got to tell you, I think the red states are going to do a lot better job with that. Yeah. As far as far as it, because the blue states are going to go, nope, nope, gotta get it. Nope, well, I don't know. Not get hurt. They lost their uh, their lead guy and all that. Cuomo's out. So. <laughs> I mean, look, look here in Michigan. Anyway. Yeah, Whitmer's really. He got, he got a lot of people. He also got a lot of people killed. Yeah, 
And Whitmer's real, in our state, Michigan here, Whitmer's real quiet about the whole uptick in cases and stuff. It just shows how politicized it is. It's so bullshit how politicized it is. You know, the, the vaccine just got the FDA approval, right? And so here's my, here's my thing. It's like the goalposts. Like we talked about before in previous episodes about the left's goalpost. About where is the purity test today? Mm-hmm. The fuck? How many people just two days ago were saying, well, you know, it's not FDA approved. But now it is. And they're like, oh, I don't trust the FDA because of thalidomide. It's like, yeah, well, guess what? FDA also approves your birth control. FDA also approves literally every single goddamn cleaning hygiene shit you have in your fucking bathroom. And all the food you have in your uh, fr- your fridge. Everything else is FDA approved. <clears throat> it wasn't nefarious choices. It was just lack of knowledge about it. So, I mean, that's also a warranted conversation because of the fact that there is a lack of long-term effects on this uh, vaccine. But... Like I said, we've had 5 billion doses given out with this. If it was, and the way the vaccine works is it uh, just introduces the spike protein to your body. If there was going to be any effects, we would have seen it by now, right? Any sort of drastic effects. And that's not not discounting, you know, the thousands of people out of, out of the uh, damn near a billion people that have gotten the vaccine. That's not discounting the thousands of people that have been affected by that. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that our government is making worldwide. The fact that people are having adverse effects to this, that that's not being talked about. But I feel, but at the same ah. It's such a weird conversation, man. Because yeah, you're 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 talking yourself out of it, and, and I I find no, I find myself not, not talking yourself out of the vaccine, but talking yourself out of your own argument. Yeah, because I I've I've done that I've done that a hundred times. Like we we've talked about this a million times on this show already, in just whatever it is, eight episodes or nine episodes. We're you and I are intellectual idiots. We think about these things. We're not experts, and I go back and forth on it too. Because as somebody who is vaccinated. I'm fine. My girlfriend's vaccinated. She's fine. My mom actually had a really nasty bout of COVID, and she's vaccinated. She's fine. Everybody I know is fine. And I think that's how we kind of look at things in our little bubble because you see on social media, you'll see – you know, somebody will post something about the vaccine, and then there'll be a response that says, well, my, you know – great aunt twice removed you know got the covid vaccine and uh you know she got really sick or she this is my favorite one though this one actually bothers me she still got covid like i don't understand how people can still sit there and go oh i know somebody who got the vaccine and they still got covid because like how well, do that's you not an actual, understand that's an actual conversation about breakthrough cases <clears throat> saga well, and jenny just had a breakthrough case Yes, he did. And I love Sagar. But from the very beginning with this vaccine, it has never been specified or stated that this will prevent you from getting right. the It's virus. introducing the it whole- to your body. So your body has a idea, like a wanted poster of what to fight and how to elite help make it not so severe for your body. Because look at the death it's rates always- right now. The death rates are still super duper duper low. Even though we're having uptakes and oh Delta, Delta's here, you know, they're flying it in yeah. on planes. <laughs> my, my, my Delta, my, I didn't know Delta was sponsoring a virus. What the fuck? 
That's a QAnon conspiracy <laughs> right there. Why did they? Why did they name it Delta? Yep. Why did they do that? It's because they're pumping it out of the planes. <laughs> See how easy it is to make a conspiracy? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But no, from the very it's those beginning, sky, it's those chemtrails. It's from the Delta planes. They're spreading it all over. Our fucking this episode's gonna get tagged for spreading misinformation just because I said that dumb shit. Even though it's complete satire. <laughs> uh, no, but from the very beginning, it's been stated like you can still get COVID when you have the vaccine. And all you have like, to do is you, like, and you're right, because like even on other websites, there is disclaimers like if you feel this, this, and this. But no one really talks about that. They're just talking, you know, because and I think it, it comes down to things like this where, we, where you mentioned a bubble earlier. All right, there's a uh, a hashtag on Facebook right now. It's called protect your, hashtag protect your family. And it's the hashtag people that are using because they have adverse effects to the COVID vaccine. And I'm assuming they're real stories. Some of them might be botched. You know, there's always uh, people not acting in good faith on Facebook and all these things, you know. It's goddamn Russians. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, but like, so I think it's this weird psychological thing to where it's like you you look up that uh that hashtag and you might only be reading like 10 people's stories out of literally 5 billion doses but reading those 10 stories took you 20 minutes so you just spent 20 minutes reading adverse effects to the vaccine so you put two and two together like wow i just spent a long time reading about all these things so then all of a sudden you think damn a lot of people are getting sick you hear that rain? Yeah, your roof is getting hammered because it's we're not that far away from each other, but like I got no rain over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised it actually hit me. So we apologize if you can hear the rain. That's from Corey's roof. So Speaking don't worry of country about that. music, I here. love a rain in that. <laughs> Corey, what what of those three narratives, which pill are you swallowing? Red pill or blue pill, red pill number one, or red pill number two? Okay. So We've recently talked off the air that we also get one bullet. <laughs> Do you remember that conversation? We-, we did. Hold on. Let me let, let me tell the people. Let me tell the people. So uh, we're still forming we, this what, whole idea of red pill versus blue pill, I, like narrative idea and the game that we're playing. And uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What's the rule? What's the rule? Are we going with once a month? I think once one episode, so, I mean, right? Well, we're we're only doing one red pill, blue pill. So I think we should I think we should go once a month. You only get one bullet where you can put a bullet in your head instead of swallowing either of those pills. And now would be a good time to use it because it's almost the end of August. I'm using it then. Put, <laughs> old yell at me, bro. Put, bring me out to the tool shed and just put me on my misery because each one, every single one, kind of warrants a little bit of weight to it. That is tough for me to choose because, like I said, like we have five billion doses given out. So based on that, it's like, yeah, obviously this, you know, and then another thing that solidifies that argument is like America is a military industrial complex, right? We beat that horse to death in the last episode of how much strength the military industrial complex has in our country. Saying that we take a lot of stock in our infantry and our army and our Navy because they literally run the world. Um, Our military is giving those people the vaccine. If there was some nefarious thing or something that wasn't safe about it, we weren't going to be giving the biggest, baddest military in the world the fucking <laughs> vaccine, right? So obviously it makes sense that it's safe. But individuality, 
and people's personal choice. I think supersedes group thought and a communitarian type ideology that we're slowly forming into in our country when what made us great was being an individual. And then on top of that, I'm 100% against mandates. So yeah, load up that revolver. Let's play some Russian roulette, man. I I no I got I gotta get like a like a gunshot <laughs> Just, drop to play or something, something like that. Is there one in is there one <laughs> in the media thing? I don't think there is. I doubt that they're gonna put a gunshot in here. No, it's not woke enough for Riverside. Oh god, I don't wanna get kicked off Riverside. <laughs> yeah, no, I like Riverside. Yeah, I looked up gunshot and it's not there. But yeah, so All right. what so, are you doing? So, You're taking so, the red pill. Corey's taking a bullet. I'm taking red pill number two. I that, that this is going to be used uh, as an excuse to push vaccine mandates because I think that's what's going to happen. And it might not even be, you know, the federal government's probably not going to come down and say everybody needs to get vaccinated. But you know how the federal government works at this point. They 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 use private businesses to push their their stuff. You know, we we we, we you know we, this isn't this this isn't the first time this ever happened. They urging private businesses to do certain things, right? It's why we have this this giant woke movement that Corey and I, or at least me, I'm not going to speak for you, but I uh, don't necessarily agree with uh, because while it's pushing individuality, it's also taking away individuality at the same time, which is strange. We'll have more conversations about that going forward. Yeah, this one's a bit of a... It's gotten tricky. A <laughs> it's a quagmire, as they might say. Like Afghanistan. Uh like Afghanistan, uh, I want to. I want to just start with this. With, with regards to Afghanistan, we're we're gonna pick up on where we left off last week. I'm gonna start by asking you this question. I'll answer it as well. How long do you think it's gonna take before everybody just forgets about Afghanistan again, like they did for 14 fucking years, while there were extra surges getting American soldiers killed? While there were bombing campaigns, killing, killing innocent civilians uh, in Afghanistan, killing innocent civilians, but yet now all of a sudden, whoa, we gotta stay so we can get these Afghan people out. But you know, you don't care about Yemen and you don't care about the border, which we'll get into a little bit. You don't care about the Uyghurs in China. You you know, you don't care about uh, what's going on and what's been going on for decades. You know, in Saudi Arabia because you know they're our allies. So when you want to sit there and say. Well, we have to help those Afghan people that we promised we would help. I'm not really sure why I said that like Jimmy Stewart, but that's another conversation. Okay, that's my dog. That's a, that's a conversation she's for got, She's day. got something to say. No, nah, my, my girlfriend just walked in the door, so she's uh, she's confused by who's at the door. <laughs> but that's... That's that's my that that's my thing. Like it, 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 this this phony narrative of we got to help the Afghan people that we promised we would help. But you don't care about any of that other nope. shit. And, and it's because they're just stop. it's it's the propaganda machine throwing all the images of babies getting put over a wall and all of these different things to pull at your heartstrings to go, oh but we gotta stay. We gotta be there. And it's uh it's just it's we're we're the we're the country of Hollywood. Like you don't think we know how to like pull emotions. Kids' movies make us cry when they do it right. So real live shit happening, they know how to uh, instill, like how to uh, target all of your emotions. The fear when we're talking about, oh, terrorism's on the rise again now. Uh, the sadness of seeing women and children because uh, Americans in general are good people. 
and they don't like seeing that. And so they're really exploiting that itself when way worse atrocities were happening during the whole war that just weren't shown. They were just hidden. But now that it's exposed, we're seeing all of it and everyone is still kind of like doing double takes and spinning their heads because they don't understand. Because like we said, no one's been talking about this shit for 14 years. So no one really knows what exactly was happening over there. Now all of a sudden the whole veil is ripped off and it's like, holy shit, it is a mess over there. So it's August 24th. 31st is the deadline. We're definitely going to hear about it for a few days after that because the Taliban said they're not extending the deadline. Um, so I want to say... Let's see, September 11th is coming up after that. I'm going to say... My dog, my dog is losing her shit. Yes, she is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so sorry did, about that. My dog lost her shit, but we are back. <laughs> we're back. And we're back. <coughs> so I'm going to say, that's it. I caught it while you were gone. So uh, I'm going to say, so it's August 24th, September 11th. So August 24th, August 31st is the deadline for us to get our soldiers out. There's probably going to be some shit that happens. We're going to hear about it all over again then. And then September 11th is going to happen. The reconciliation bill is coming up. I'm going to say somewhere about the maybe second week, first or second week into September. It's all going to lull down. And we won't hear about it again. See, you, you used a lot of logic there. I was just going to say, I was just going <laughs> to say, like, I was just going to say, like, I don't know, like next week, like some, I don't know, politician will get accused of rape, like Cuomo or something like that. And it'll all go. Hey, away. I'm not a pervert. I'm an Italian. Hey. <laughs> Speaking of say, Cuomo, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say next week, nobody's gonna care about it anymore. Uh, but we are, we, we wanted, to, we didn't want to actually talk a ton about Afghanistan today. I just kind of wanted to get that out there. Like we're gonna make making our predictions of when this is gonna stop being talked about. But make an assessment. We also wanted to compare Afghanistan to the border. We did. Uh, one group of brown people that we want in. Another group of brown people that we want out. Yes, because that's the narrative, right? We have, that's the and, narrative. And this, is, this is coming from both establishment Democrats. It's coming from Republicans. I've seen it from libertarians. It's coming basically from every angle that Biden fucked this whole thing up. And in reality, even if you go back to the beginning of the war, getting out, even though it wasn't the best, was actually probably the most competent part of this war. <laughs> if you really yeah. want to look at, if you really want to look at uh, reality here, yeah. When so now the story is now that we're out, you know, we have people who've been over there for twelve years and stuff, and they're finally starting to come out and talk about it. And there was a guy named, uh, oh, he was just on Sagar's show. Actually, he's running for Missouri Senate. His name is, I'm about to find it. Uh, his last name's Coons. I don't know his first name, but uh, he was talking about how when he was over there, like they had paper, paper police forces, like, like there were officials in the Afghan government who were saying, yeah, I have 5,000 uh, police force over in my, my uh, province, but they didn't exist. <laughs> they were giving a payroll for all of these police force and they didn't exist. They talk about how these 
police forces and these soldiers, they were just saying that they better than they were when they really weren't. And it's, yeah, it was just, it was a fucking mess over there, man. And it's from the beginning to end, like as soon as we chased out uh, bin Laden out of Afghanistan, we should have just followed him. We shouldn't have all of a sudden done this weird thing where we're like, oh, we're just going to nation build. (laughs) Is that an omen? That might have been an omen. (laughs) (laughs) To not nation build, to bring the The troops home. The FBI is coming for your ass. Yeah, that's harp. <laughs> what is it, harpa or darpa, or whatever? The yeah. people who fuck with the weather. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, cure clearance has to do with the Department of Energy. I looked it up. Cure clearance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so whatever that means. Q level cl- Q level clearance. Um. So yeah, as it relates to the border. You had just mentioned all of the reasons why this war was a farce. It was garbage. A lot of people made money that shouldn't have. There was a lot of corruption. This isn't, and, and this isn't information that's that hard to find. It can even be found on the untrustworthy mainstream media. Do me a favor and just, for you, the listener, just Google Afghanistan papers. Yeah. This, and then yeah, make up your own mind. It pisses you off. I don't know why I didn't just say the Afghanistan papers are public knowledge, but I decided to take the long way around. I do that often. Um, take the but, long way home. Sorry, it's just that dumb song. <laughs> I think you actually cut out when you said that. <laughs> oh, the song that take the long way home or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, even yeah. the words. I think that's the words, right? You know what song I was singing. Uh, the storm The storm is coming, man. I just lost your uh, cue into the storm. I lost your video feed. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. You're, I oh, can still damn. hear you. Wow. Somebody that really doesn't want us talking to, comparing Afghanistan to the border. God. God doesn't. <laughs> because, because, because that's because his holy the, land, man. Don't talk shit issue, about the holy land. The issue that we run into is like, oh, we have to go over and we have to save all the all these Afghans that we we promised to save. And look, I don't disagree with that. Like, I I'm all for humanitarian efforts. Like, I don't want anybody to any innocent people to die or fall under a a, a bad regime, you know, like the Taliban. But stop pretending like you care. That, yeah, stop <laughs> pretending that you give a shit because we've got this garbage going on at the border <coughs> and we've had it going on now. Forever, Corey, you gave some numbers uh, about the border uh, before we got on the show. Uh, yeah. So, s- just in February, we're now. So now we're talking about our southern border. We're not talking about the Afghanistan border. Where we're switching on to the, the our border crisis, or well, I guess it depends on what you want to call it. What does the left call it? Because I know the right calls it a crisis. I don't know. <laughs> the issue, the border issue, the border inconvenience. I don't know what they call it. <laughs> I know they don't call it a crisis. They just don't talk about it. As soon as Trump was out, they don't talk about the kids that are still in cages and stuff over there. Um, so in 2021, in February, we had 100,000 people come to our border in February. And that number hasn't really subsided. We're still seeing those numbers that just be just astronomically high and now my personal opinion now is 
I really try to get away from the idea of, oh, well, it's Trump's fault or, well, it's Biden's fault. But Trump, he executed the, what was it, Title 42? Yes, and Title t- 42. So Title 42 is the... Uh, Title 42 expulsions are removals by the U.S. government of persons who have recently been in a country where a communicable disease was present. So, we have a world pandemic right now. So, anyone that's coming here from a country that has COVID, which is virtually every single goddamn country, we're going, oh, you can't come here. You might have the the virus, so we're going to send you back. So, we're in this ridiculous feedback loop of people are crossing... We just punt them down the field, back 100 yards, and then they cross again. And so I think that what we're seeing is just the same group of people coming, getting sent back. And then they get sent back, and as they get sent back, there's more people coming. And so we're just constantly seeing this swell of people at the border. And Trump's not president anymore. Biden's president now. And he's doing the same goddamn thing that Trump was doing. Yeah, Title 42 uh, and and border restrictions, the, the ones that Trump put in place... Are still in are place. still in place. With a Democratic House, a Democratic Senate, and a Democratic president. And what's problem... What, so this is when it comes down to the polarization in our country, is that, like, no one's being held accountable for that because now it's Democrats in charge, so it's not sexy to talk about children in cages anymore. Yeah, and and as that compares to Afghanistan, when we're comparing the border to Afghanistan, you have the same people, it seems like, that are saying, oh, Biden made a huge mistake. We got to get all those Afghans out that we promised we would help. I mean, I'm, and I'm not even talking about the American people that are still over there, right? Because the, the other narrative is, oh, well, we have to get every single American out or it's a failure. Well, guess what? When it comes to Americans that are over there, it's partially their responsibility to get to a place where they can get out. And yeah, cause they yeah they were contractors. They're not all just military men. They're contractors. They're diplomats. They're people over there trying to make their own buck. Is what it really is. You know, a well, lot of you, them. When you compare that to the border, as far as getting Afghans out and getting and and, and people at the border, well, you're okay with one set of refugees, but you're not okay. With another set of refugees, this is why when people throw out this narrative of we promised these Afghans we'd help them, you know, even though we've been there for twenty years and we've actually killed more of them than <laughs> than, yeah. than, well, than than we've saved, you, 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 like these are these things should be one and the same, and they're not, and that's what goes to show. That it's all about identity politics and it's all about the culture wars. And it, ultimately, it's all about who is the guy sitting at the resolute desk. That's all that matters. And it's it, it just it's it's disgusting and it doesn't make any logical sense to any logical human being. You're right. And it, it, it blows my mind that like, you know, the word hypocrisy is such a overplayed word now that it's like we don't even like to use it anymore. But it goes down to, it's like, why are we picking and choosing which people we want to help? You know, so I have a quote for you here real quick. And it's, uh, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. 
And you know where that is, right? Everyone knows where that is. You know what? Do you know where that quote is posted? And Frank's diary? No. <laughs> that was actually, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on blast if you didn't know. It's, it's on the Statue of Liberty. Oh, I knew that. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> she wrote that down. I thought, I, thought you were look- I thought you were looking for a satirical answer. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn, Anne Frank sure wrote some. She was spitting, man. <laughs> a 12-year-old girl. Way to go. All right, I don't but, know, uh, how old was she? I don't know. She was 12 or 13. Because I remember it was right at the coming of age for a woman. And I think that the yeah, what did, the yeah, diaries a, that we read. Didn't she write about ahead. her own puberty in, in her diaries? Yeah, and it was like removed from the ones that we read or something. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, well, we don't want to learn about the female reproductive system we whatsoever. Learn, we don't want to learn about some Jewish little girl having a period. Why would we want to read about that? That's just right. That's wrong. That's uncouth. <laughs> <laughs> But so it's like, so what is it? Are we gonna? Are we here to help people or are we not? Like we have these people coming across the border from countries that are destabilized because of our own damn fault. Because we also so perfect tie-in. What we did to Afghanistan, we've done in other countries before, and look at all the banana republics in the southern countries in this in South America, and they were like, I don't understand why all these people are trying to come to America. It's like, well, because we shit all over their country. And so they have nowhere else to go. Our war on drugs, which is a failure, has destabilized countries in Latin America and South America to the point where these people are sending their children on their own to travel hundreds hundreds of miles, thousands of miles and it, and to try to get a chance at coming to a country in America just to have a chance to have a decent life. Just to add to that, Corey, it, it doesn't always have to be some sort of, uh, you know, uh, military intervention. You know, it can be things like sanctions, like what we've done to Cuba. It can be we, we can we can hurt countries economically as well that are going to put their innocent citizens that are just trying to feed their families in a bad spot that want to make them leave and come to the United States or wherever. So when you want to sit there and say that we're wrong for pulling out of Afghanistan, though, uh, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't even think anybody actually thinks we're wrong for pulling out of Afghanistan. I think they're just pissed off because of the person who did it. It wasn't their guy. It wasn't their guy. We Which don't... it's really funny because fucking Esper, the secretary or the <clears throat> leader of the intelligence or whatever, said that under Trump it was just a ruse. There was no plan to actually pull out of Afghanistan. Oh, interesting that he would say that now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so why right? why are you so pissed about pulling out of Afghanistan and, and, and citing uh, you know, refugees that we should be taking in. When we have plenty of opportunities to take refugees in every single day. And look, I'm not the type of person that's going to sit here and say that, you know, we should let everybody into the country. Like, I'm not one of these open borders people. But no, secure borders are important. But, we got to have secure borders. But it's it's you you ha- there has to be some sort there there has to be some sort of transparency here. You know, you can't sit there and shit on Joe Biden for pulling out of Afghanistan because there's Afghan people that we need to help. Meanwhile, and and then and then you know, out of the other side of your mouth, say that you know those send dirty, them back. Yeah, those dirty, <laughs> th- those dirty Guatemalans and, and Mexicans need to go back to their own country. Like 
j- just shut Are the fuck up. Are those your words, Dan? Are those your words? God, I hope not. <laughs> no! I just we should make it clear that that was a paraphrase. Of course those are not my words. <laughs> no, it's it just... Now, I am not a... We're both, we're both self-described uh, intellectual idiots. But it's just... Based on historical context in America, it's like we've been here before in Ellis Island. We've literally taken in thousands of people every single goddamn day, every day for year, for day after day, for Decades. year after year at the Ellis Island. Yeah. And we still checked them. We screened them for things and we would send them back if they had any weird sicknesses or illnesses. And it's like, you know what? It's like, I get that. That makes sense. When did we get away from that? Because of fear, because of fear that we think, oh, there might be a terrorist out of one of those hundred thousand might be a terrorist. And who was it? It was fucking, was it Trump's kid where he's like, let me give you a bowl of Skittles and one of them might be poisonous. Are you going to eat them? It's like, get, get, get fucked, dude. It's like, how, how are you going to trivialize life like that? Like, it's, it's, it's not like that at all. That We're is, vetting the people. That is, We're bringing that- them in. That is a shout out directly to the Q tards. Yeah, that's a Q tard thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's like we've been here before. We've done it before. Uh, we what we need to do is we need to end the war on drugs. So this is before I go into. So we I asked Reddit. You know, Reddit seems to be like the best avenue for that's asking questions. That's right. Corey went to the people with this one. I went to the people, but before we give their answers, this is what I think. You end the war on drugs. The cartel is making billions of dollars on our war on drugs, and now they're making billions of dollars on human trafficking people into America. Not even a nefarious thing. They're not, like, trafficking, trafficking them into sex slavery, which, I'm, I mean, that's not to say that they're not doing that, but sure the majority some, of them... I'm sure some of them end up there inadvertently. Right, but they're literally just taking thousands of dollars from all these desperate people that want to come to America... Like, here, give me a thousand bucks to let you cross this river. Like, you remember playing Oregon Trail? You pay the guy five bucks and he lets you ford the river. Sometimes you might still fall in the river and you don't get to yell at the guy. It just says game over. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so the cartel is making money hand over foot on our failed war on drugs. Which, it's insane how these two keep tying together because half of the problems that we have with opiates here are because of Afghanistan. But that's a whole other conversation. Well, we'll get there one but day. We'll get there one day. Uh, so we have this failed war on drugs that's just giving the cartels billions of dollars, enough money to destabilize their governments to the point where these people are scared so shitless. Like, imagine, like, put yourself in those shoes. Imagine thinking that your only alternative. Like, what you're doing right now is just like, well, I guess I'm just going to walk for a thousand miles. Like, do you ever see that scenario happening for you at all in your life up until the point you die? God, I hope not. Right, but like, like realistically, I don't see that happening at all in my lifetime. Yeah, like, oh, well, scenario- I guess I'm just going <laughs> to leave everything I've built here. Fill a backpack of my personal effects and just start walking. And worst case scenario, like if the evangelical Christians somehow, if 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 we had like some Handmaid's Tale shit going on here in the United States, like we can walk across a river to Canada. We're pretty close. <laughs> like that's worst case scenario, right? Yeah. <laughs> just hop in and just 
Take your time and float. We'll end up in the southern part of Windsor. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's... uh. So end the war on drugs. Pull that rug out from underneath the cartel where they're not making their money. Stop meddling in countries like Venezuela and Guatemala and all those. And then let these countries breathe, stabilize themselves. Yeah. And then maybe we won't see them all coming over here because they're not running for their lives. Yeah. Hire more immigration lawyers and more immigration judges. Let's expedite the fucking process down there. Let's get the people that are already here hiding in corners getting paid cash to just... Because they'd rather literally live in a hotel room making shitty money versus fucking living under fear of a cartel. Yeah, because right and now, then, it's, right now, it's it's all like there's not even due process. Like the way we treat people coming over the Mexican border, isn't that frustrating? Is like a, our is law, a, dude. It's a violation. It's a violation of the Fourteenth Amendment. Like we don't. Yeah. It's, there's no equal protection under the law. And and again, I'll I'll reiterate it because people are stupid and they don't listen to things that come out of your mouth. They only listen to the last thing that came out of your mouth. So if you don't remember what I just said five minutes ago, I'm not some open borders guy. But if somebody's going to come over the border and, yeah, okay, they've committed a crime. Okay, that's fine. I get that. They deserve due process. They deserve equal protection under the law. Now, the uh, section one of that actually says all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. So apparently... Subject to the jurisdiction thereof. When they cross that border, they are subject to the jurisdiction thereof, are they not? Okay, yep, you're right. So, yeah, is when, when you're in America, whether you're a tourist visiting from Europe, Australia, or even a tourist from Mexico or Guatemala, you reside under our laws. When you get arrested, you get read the same due process that me and you get read. When they cross that border, they are under our law. And there is no due process, and you're right. You're right. I, I thought I found a hole in your little argument just for the sake of... Uh, Dude, you know who I got? For the sake of being... For the sake of just trying to be uh, as unbiased and uh, good faith as we possibly can, I was looking for that. But no, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Just, just as an aside, real quick, do you know who got me to fall in love with the 14th Amendment? You're, you're going to laugh your ass off when you, when you hear it. Henry Rollins... <laughs> the lead singer of Black Flag, who is Henry a, Rollins is a badass. Who though. is who is a he's an absolutely brilliant human being, and he loves the Constitution more than basically anybody that I know, or that I know of. I should say because I don't know Henry Rollins. I wish I did. We'd certainly have him on the show. But that every time I read a Constitution, though, when it comes to things like this, I fall in love with it more. <laughs> I know it's, it, but that that's that's the whole point is. I don't, I don't even know how we got. We kind of went on a tangent here, but you can't even give equal protection under the law to folks that are coming over the border illegally as as refugees. But we've got to get every Afghan out that wants to get out, or we have to save every Cuban. And it's just it's it's insane to me that like people are people. If someone's desperate enough to walk a thousand miles, jump on the landing gears of a plane or hop in a raft and travel 90 miles they're desperate 
and they're trying to come here to seek refuge. So let's do what we can to fucking help them. Let's hire more immigration judges. Let's hire more immigration lawyers. Let's and then on the, on the flip side of that, these people are coming here because why? Because they want jobs, right? No illegal immigrant from Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, all of those countries down there, they're not coming here, walking into your workplace, pushing you on the ground and saying, this is my job now. Your boss is firing you for your job and then paying an illegal immigrant pennies on the fucking dollar. Undocumented, Corey. Let's be politically correct here. Illegal, undocumented alien, you know, whatever it is, you know, that's people get wrapped up in that dumb argument. Meanwhile, yeah, yeah. these people are just trying to run for their lives. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, it's, yeah, it's, I think that stuff's purposely put into it just to muddy the waters of the argument. Because if we argue about that, then we're not arguing about the real thing. Right. And these people are coming here. And people who live here who are just trying to save a buck are telling you to get fucked, I'm going to hire two illegals for the same price that I was paying you, and I'm going to pay them cash. And they're going to get twice, they're going to get four times as much work done. Right, so let's fucking make it to where it's not beneficial whatsoever for a business owner, like scorched earth policy, that if you own a business and you hire an illegal, you're fucked. If you get caught, you're fucked. And that may sound like it's counterintuitive to me saying that we need to bring these people over. But we need to stem the tide in some way. So we need to make it to where these people that are actually taking advantage of the very system that we're talking about that's helping contribute to the problem. Let's move that piece away from the puzzle. And that's just one last thing. Now, if there's no jobs, they're not going to come. And then the people that we have here... Let's get them their fucking green cards. Let's get them their fucking visas. Let's get them their fucking citizenship. For Christ's sake, people, when they came to Ellis Island, we didn't have computers. We didn't have all this technology. They were just, they were citizens. That's it. Welcome to America. You're an American citizen now. And Why can't are, it be like that? And odds are, if you're one of those people that, these damn illegals coming over the border, oh, but we need to save the Afghans. Odds are, your family came over on Ellis Island. Yeah, Probably. When did your family come over, Dan? Did you ever do a 23 and meet or anything? I didn't. I don't know. I know we've been here for a while. And I want to say, I want to say, I, 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 have to, I have to do a lot more research, but I want to say we came over during the uh, potato famine. Okay. Uh, um, and, and the only reason I say that is because the, the little bit of research that I've done, it just makes sense. Because my father's family comes from central Missouri. A lot of them have moved on to Kansas. A lot of them are still there. A lot were of they them Mormons? came to Detroit. No, no, no. Irish. Okay. Um, and the reason I know I the Mormons got pushed from the west to the middle over there in Missouri and stuff. I re the reason I say that is because a lot of the Irish worked on the railroads when the railroads mm -hmm. were coming were coming and they out. They were indentured servants. Pretty much. And uh, um, just where I lose track of the trail for my family, it, it, that's just where it ends up. So, like, all, all things point to that, um, that we that uh, my family came over during the first Great Migration, which was prior to Ellis, prior to all the Ellis Island that you might hear about in a history class in the yeah. 19th century. Um, or 20th century. Yeah, early 1900s, yeah. 
Um, I think we were here before that, working on the railroads is what I is what I think. But I'm I'm yeah. nervous to take a 23 me test because I don't want to find out that I'm not actually Irish because I. <laughs> Whoa! Did you hear that one? See, that's that's God telling me I'm not actually Irish. <laughs> you did it. Like, what if you did it and then all of a sudden, like, you just found out that like your family was just on the wrong side of history the other time they were just like Nazis. <laughs> Irish Nazis, if they've even existed. <laughs> just, well, fuck me! You just start burning the 23andMe paper. Well, that's the end of the libservative. <laughs> I, I have to take responsibility for my family's actions from 200 years ago. <laughs> like, they, like, before the Nazi party was even real, they just called themselves Nazis. <laughs> I don't know I why I find that so funny. I mean, I don't know it, why I find that so funny. For anybody that's. Hey, just like, well, fuck me! Well, for anybody that doesn't know what I look like, I'm kind of an Aryan poster child. I mean, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my, on, I've got green eyes. I got the blue eyes, but my hair is a little too dark for them. I'm super. And I got this. Man. I got a little bit of a big nose, so they would have looked at me and been like, "Oven." Yeah. <laughs> get. <laughs> Go on, get. Corey, before we end the episode, I, we want to talk about the GOP gaining ground. I think we could save that maybe for next week. Yeah, we can. That's not that's, that's I think time I, sensitive. I think it'll take us a while. But before we end, I do want I, I want to talk about the fact that you you turned me on as a libertarian. You turned me on to listening to the Reason Roundtable podcast, which we'll we'll, we'll pimp on this show. Why not? We like it enough. Go listen yeah. to the Reason Roundtable when you're done listening to this. It's a uh, <coughs> essentially a libertarian podcast. But I've been listening to it, and I have to tell you, I've enjoyed it. I like the people on it. I like their ideas. They're very intelligent. But at the same time, Corey. They perpetuate every libertarian stereotype that pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. At the very same time. Um, the number one thing, and the reason I haven't fully jumped on the libertarian uh, bandwagon, even though I like the idea of smaller government, I like the idea of free markets, I like we'll the get idea, you there. I like the idea of, getting of, you there. of abolishing a lot of the bullshit. But this is where I this is this is the bottleneck that I run into. Libertarians upset me because they are very, they come off very know-it-all-y, which is very, as if that's even an adjective, but whatever, I just use it. Uh, Pompous. Pompous, because to me, it's very, very easy to shit on the people in power when you have none of it. And I feel like that's a lot of what libertarians do. And I'll say, I'll say it like it is. Libertarians thus far, losers. You don't win elections. <laughs> you losers. All right, what's you up, Trump? You losers. You're awful people. <coughs> You're gross. You shouldn't be working. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh. That's the wrong drop. I. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hear it. <laughs> I did. Don't worry. Oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe it didn't play. That's good. We're good. Okay, so, just sit down, please. There we go. Now <laughs> you are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working. <laughs> <laughs> we should just even like ten years from now on this show. Even we're just going to use nothing but just Trump sound bites. <laughs> um, He's got a great memory, yeah, no. this guy. <laughs> I do. I do what I can. I do what I can, Trump. <laughs> Thanks for showing up to the show again. I always love your two cents. <laughs> I'm going to use it towards my next forty. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, the Libertarian Party, 
they get wrapped up. I feel like they sometimes get overextended in the idea. They're just like to an, a point of like anarchy to where it's like, well, the government shouldn't be involved at all. And that's where they lose me. They have me. They have, they pull my heartstrings and they talk about states' rights versus federal rights. I think that's one of the biggest issues we have when it comes to polarization, which would actually be a great topic that I think that we should cover in a bourbon banter. Let's talk about smaller government versus bigger government. There's pros and cons to both, and I think that'd be a great debate. Um, I like the idea that when they when everyone gets when they look at it and everyone gets wrapped up in things like oh pro choice oh pro life oh gay marriage oh guns rights and everyone's talking about more government less government and their libertarians are kind of standing there with their arms crossed and like this is where your pompous comes from they're like why is the government involved in the first place (laughs) (laughs) it's like there's a good argument to that but then they say the same shit about roads and it's like all right guys come on like we need fucking roads (laughs) and we need and, and you need public support for those roads and we, we, and, and we already know that. I mean, one of, one of the greatest things that I, I would probably say the greatest thing that, that Dwight Eisenhower ever did, other than pointing out the military industrial complex to us, is like, dude, he built the highway system, right? You use the highway system every day. Libertarians. Damn Nazis. You know that, right? I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> they realized how fast the Germans are moving around the German, uh, the Audubon. German landscape because they had a, a – uh, highway system, and then we realize that as big as our country is, we need to be able to get troops. We need to be able to get thousands of troops from the east coast to the west coast in the case of emergency within 24 hours. But and and either way, right? The federal government, Dwight D. Eisenhower, was responsible for the highway system that we know today, and we all use it. We all love it. We get places very very quickly that we wouldn't otherwise. See, and that's where the libertarians lose you because then they go, "Let's just make toll roads." Oh yeah, and honestly. Dwight Eisenhower did that because, you know, the states that have interstates are the states that decided to go private within their states. If you went toll roads, you didn't get you had a choice. You you either got federal funding for your highway or you went went or you privatized it and you did toll roads for your state. And both work fine. Both work. Both work well. Now, we can talk here in Michigan about whether or not those roads are are well maintained. Because then the double entendre to that is is uh, federal mandated highway speeds. Uh, what there's one state that there's the nation the national maximum speed law, but then there's a state that they made their speed limit eighty. And they were going to lose federal funding. Now, I might be talking out of my ass. I'm going to have to look this up. And if I'm wrong, we'll just do a uh, a, a, a sloppy second in the <laughs> next episode. Uh, but one of the states... Well, I know for a long time, Montana did not have a speed limit on their highway. And they system. were losing federal funding for yeah, it. Yeah, okay. So then they made a speed limit. But then I think that the speeding ticket is like a dollar. <laughs> or something like that to where it's like guys fucking speed we don't give a shit all we're gonna do is waste your time and our time if we have to stop you for it so it's it's interesting that that's fucking government so wild man that's the little loopholes and everything that we do like well, when you really get into the intermixing of it it's so much fun speaking just speaking about libertarians i here's what i'll say i, I will speak to all libertarians out there 
I mostly like your ideas. As long as they don't get into the things that Corey just talked about where we need to like privatize roads and shit. Like regular libertarians. I mostly right. like your ideas. But what so I privatizing roads. So this is a thing so sorry to cut you off when we talk about privatizing roads. When it comes down to states' rights and states, if a state wants to do that a hundred percent, the state figures it out and they take care of themselves. They've always been allowed to do that though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a libertarian esque thing. The problem is we get into too big of a federal government to where we got people and like the liberal elite or just the elites in general in places like New York and California now creating legislation that's a blanket term for people like in Wyoming. Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? Where people in California and New York don't know sh- dick about what it's like to live in the middle of the middle of Wyoming. Does that make sense? It does. The people in Wyoming should have more power over their state versus the federal government because the majority of the federal government is elites from the east and west coast. And the people in the east and west coast don't know what the fuck to do well, when it comes to farming. And that's it. That that speaks to what I was getting to, which is that, you know, one of the libertarian arguments is, you know, narrowing things down to state and, and, and local governments. And I, I appreciate that. I like that, too, because things that we want here in Michigan might be different than what somebody wants in Colorado. What the folks in Colorado want. I, I totally People get it. Colorado shouldn't be paying for us to take care of our sand dunes and our national lakeshore. Yeah, they should. And we shouldn't be paying for combating wildfires in California. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we don't want to say, oh, well, sorry, guys. We're over here surrounded by water. Fuck you. But we. People in our state shouldn't be have the power to legislate for another state and vice versa. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with that. What where, where I where where libertarians lose me is this whole this this big brained thing that they have this, these big brained ideas that don't go anywhere. And it's yeah. it's because it's because a lot of you are essentially nihilists. You think that everything is bad. You don't think that a, a Democrat or a Republican has ever made a good decision, which is ridiculous. It, that's just ridiculous. And yeah. so, and, and so in, in, instead of, instead of getting up on your soapbox and saying, well, we have a different idea. So we're better. Find a way to make it work. Actually get involved in the political system. That's the issue that I've had with libertarians for a oh, long time. Yeah, they have, ide- they have, have ideas, issue. but they don't want to actually get involved. What's The thing about the libertarians is like this argument that we're having right now is an argument inside the libertarian party. And so the libertarians, they deal with their own – they have their own little problems within the in-house like uh, Democrats on the far left do, like the liberals and the leftists. They eat themselves. They they crumple because they get hung up on their little uh, <clears throat> their little values and principles, and they try to out purify each other. And it's they they face the same problem that leftist politics does. You know what I mean? Like it's a bunch of infighting. Which who's more libertarian? <clears throat> oh yeah, you're not libertarian enough. Yeah. Which because you know, like you heard, you heard when Gary Johnson, who arguably had the best shot of running the Libertarian ticket in the last fifty years, you had Libertarians going, "He ain't a Libertarian." What is Aleppo? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody forgot about that, right? <laughs> arguably, 
A libertarian could say, who the fuck? Like, what is Aleppo? I don't give a fuck. That's some small town over there in some other country. I'm worried about the people here. That's a good point. That is a good point. That is very libertarian of him to not know what the fuck Aleppo is. <laughs> right? He's like, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking care. And nobody remembers that. Actually, Dude, the funniest thing I've ever seen of Gary Johnson, the biggest, like, the guy was fucking hilarious. You know, he, he fucking, there's this scene. I've seen this scene. They were talking to you because he was also ahead on the uh, normal which is like the, the the advocacy group for uh nat for legalizing marijuana. It's a what is it National Organization for Recreational Marijuana Legalization? I think that's what it stands for. I could be wrong. Uh, but he's on this panel, and then someone on there goes, someone on there goes, "Yeah, when you smoke marijuana within forty five minutes, uh, your heart rate can increase, and it can give you a heart attack." And he's on this panel, and all of a sudden you just see him go, huh! and he grabs his <laughs> chest. <laughs> And he falls on the stage, like, making a joke, like, insinuating that he just smoked marijuana before this panel. And I was like, yeah, give me that Johnson. <laughs> That's the only Johnson you want, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Feel the Johnson. That was his tag. Remember, that was his thing. Feel the Johnson. <laughs> that was his was little good. tagline for his campaign. It was good. I went out and voted for that bitch Hillary Clinton, but whatever. I voted for Gary. Actually, nope. I voted for Jill Stein because I thought Gary Johnson had a better shot. And I thought that if we had four parties in the primary versus three, it'd be that better, that much better for democracy. Boy, that was wishful thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, remember, I, was it in the last episode that I said that I'm a, uh, a blind optimistic, ignorantly, ignorantly optimistic? I think that's what I said. That is not very libertarian of you, Corey Walsh. Being ignorantly optimistic because yeah, they're all nihilists. Dirty, dirty nihilists. <laughs> Nothing is good. Everybody sucks. Uh, I actually think that's perfect. That can feed right into our, our GOP topic, which we'll, I think we'll bring to you on our next bourbon banter. Uh, that sounds good, yeah. As we get ready for season two. We're getting a little long on the tooth here. Uh, Corey, give the folks our uh, social platforms. Follow us on Instagram at LibservativePod. Follow us on Twitter at LibservativePod. We're on Facebook. We're on uh, – or email us at libservative at gmail.com. Libservativepod at gmail.com. Is it libservativepod at gmail.com? Yes. Libservativepod at gmail.com. Like, follow, and share. Uh, if you really like the show, I don't expect you to blast it on your Facebook and share it and, like, expose yourself to this extremist content. <laughs> <laughs> just, just tell a friend. You know, everyone knows if – Everyone has a friend who is interested in the same thing they are. And uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. Let them know about it. We're just here to, we're just here to really, really call balls and strikes. And if you hear us getting a little bit too pompous. And let us thinking know. That we're good, yeah, let us know. We didn't even get into the Reddit conversations. We you're, get into that next week. You're right. We didn't. Yeah, you didn't get. we didn't get the people's answers for the... Uh... Sorry, people. That's all right. We, uh, shit, we're already uh, almost at an hour and a half. Uh, anyway. Yeah. He's been Corey Walsh. He's been Dan Griffin. And this has been Libservative. And until next time, we're out of here.